Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the one-man fast break. Um, it's been a while since we recorded. A lot of things have happened personally. Um, I had some medical stuff to do. We're moving. Things happen. So that's the reason we haven't been able to record, and me especially, I haven't been able to record my own. Um, but we're back, and I'm back, and I did want to start covering the Premier League season. We're two weeks in, and let's get right into it. Obviously, as a big Chelsea fan, I did want to talk about uh, Chelsea starting off 2-0. Uh, they made the big move. They got Romelu Lukaku from Inter Milan, paid $130 million to get him. Um, Inter was saying that they weren't going to sell him, but... $130 million in a time, especially for them specifically, Inter, you know, they were in financial crisis and $130 million is a lot of money. And obviously they're not going to really cha challenge for the title anymore. Antonio Conte is gone. Hakimi went to PSG and uh, Lukaku is going to Ch Chelsea now and he's obviously already a member of Chelsea. So they're going to fall off the the map of the Serie A title but enough about that let's get into Chelsea and let's discuss um the first two games it was Chelsea looked really strong uh, again if you guys don't know that is my team I've been a fan for about 10 12 years now and man Lukaku looks so good he looks completely different than the player he was when he left to Everton and then eventually Manchester United then he went to Italy for Inter and now he's back. It's full circle seven years later. Um, let's see, he scored his first goal in like the first 10, 15 minutes of the game against Arsenal. And he looked like a man amongst boys against Arsenal. And we'll get a little bit we'll get a little bit into Arsenal and their problems in a little bit. But I just wanted to cover Chelsea. And last year, the biggest thing for Chelsea, yes, they won the Champions League, but in the Premier League, they were lacking that striker. And you know, the fact that they won the Champions League without really having a potent striker or somebody who can, you know, give you 35, 40 goals um, or something close to that is a remarkable job by Thomas Tuchel to come in, take over for Lampard and pretty much, you know, makeshift the team and switch out the formation and win the Champions League with Timo Werner, who was really struggling. Kai Havertz was struggling as well, but... They got it done, and now they went and paid all this money to get a top five striker, maybe top three striker in the world um, to help them out. And is he the missing piece? To me, I mean, I guess I'm biased, so I guess I think that he definitely is the missing piece. And if he can, you know, score banging about 20, 25 goals for Chelsea this year in the Premier League, they can win the Premier League. And, you know, they'll still be competing for the Champions League just because the squad depth is insane. And... They just looked strong throughout the entire team, just going from back to front, midfield, just every place they've got strong players and it looked like a mismatch. It was a man it was boys against men on Saturday when Chelsea played Arsenal. Arsenal don't have they don't have the capacity, they don't have, I guess what they say, sand in their pants to hang with Chelsea right now. And yes, Arsenal is a big club and they're supposed to be the top six and all of that, but man, they look really bad in Arsenal and Chelsea are on two different spectrums right now when it comes to the future, the current, competing for championships, competing for titles, competing for anything. Arsenal are more likely to get relegated than win any trophy this year. That's how bad they look. But 
And like, I was just thinking about this. I heard this question on TV and I was thinking about this. I was like, how many players from the Arsenal squad would really make the Chelsea roster or the Chelsea starting lineup? And you can't probably name more than none. Like literally none of them. Look at this roster. Brent Leno, Cedric, Holding, Murray, Kieran Tierney, Pepe, Emil Smith-Rowe, Bukayo Saka, Martinelli, Granishaka, and Lakonga. Like, none of these guys are starting in Chelsea's team. So the gap between the teams are just astronomically huge. And it's it's an indictment against Arsenal. And they paid all this money. You know, they made they have the most spent money this transfer window. And for them to be so bad... Um, it's, I mean, I think Arteta is going to get fired and they're playing Man City, so it doesn't get any easier, but, and then look at, you look at Chelsea, they got all these young players coming in. They also signed Lukaku and, you know, there's help on the way. Uh, there's rumors about Saul coming from Atletico Madrid. Chelsea's putting a bid for him and, uh, Jules Kunde, who's been on the Chelsea radar for about like a month and a half, two months. Um, rumors are that he's already agreed to his contract with Chelsea, but it's an agreement that they're waiting for um, between the two teams. Sevilla, that's where he currently plays, is a 22-year-old center back. Um, and so Chelsea is future, the current, it's just in great spot. And Chelsea management have done an amazing job of, you know, signing the right players, but also, you know, selling the ones that they need to sell to be able to still, you know, run it. They're running a business and they're running it very, very well. And the Kunde thing is about to happen. It's most likely going to happen before the deadline ends on August 31st. Um, they're waiting for the Kurt Zuma deal to go through. So they're about to sell Kurt Zuma to West Ham for $30 million. They're going to take all that money and then if probably maybe twice that or maybe, you know, time and a half that to go get Kunde. And, man, he's a solid player. I've watched him play and he's legit and he's only 22 years old. So he's he could be the center back, you know, Similar, like a la John Terry, he could be the center back for the next 15, 10, 15 years. He's so young. And the other thing about Chelsea is that the one th place that they probably are lacking is that center back. Not because of talent now, but in the future, right? Espelicueta is getting old. Uh, Rudiger is good. Uh, Christensen is so-so. Like, he can come in and play. But me personally, as a Chelsea fan, I don't fancy him too much. But he's, he's solid. And Tuchel has really made... Um, going to the back three has really made you know the team really strong and the back back end really good. And the real question now comes to: Are they the favorites to win the Premier League? To me, I don't know if they're the favorites because you got to give love to Man City. Um, they've won four of the last five, and you know they deserve all the props in the world to win. But me personally, I think Chelsea are going to win the Premier League, and I think that's going to be their biggest goal, especially because. They just won the Champions League, so obviously they'll still be good in that. But Man City's all focus, Pep Guardiola's focus, ever since he was hired at Man City, is to win the Champions League. Are they going to do it? I don't know. Um, but Chelsea's obviously, they've won the Champions League last year. Yes, they want to repeat and be very good in that. But I think that Abramovich and Chelsea board probably you know, are going to put a little more emphasis on the Premier League and trying to close that gap, if not, you know, completely overthrow Man City and win the Premier League. Um, so just kind of keeping with the theme and talking about Man City, the thing with Man City is I don't think they're going to be as good unless they get Harry Kane. And right now, the way Tottenham is doing business, Daniel Levy is doing business, it doesn't look like they're going to get Harry Kane. And if they don't get Harry Kane, I don't think you can win the title without a 
out-and-out striker and number nine. And you saw the first game against Tottenham. They, they lost 1-0, so they kind of started off with a rocky start, but then they came back and, you know, annihilated um, Norwich, I believe. Was it 5-0, 5-1? Um, so, yes, they can beat the they can beat the teams that they always beat. They just have too much talent, and we know that. But when you're going against in these big games against Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, you're going to need that out and out striker. You're going to need that guy who can put the ball in the net in crucial times. And obviously Pep, Pep ideally would want to play without a striker to kind of prove, hey, you know, it's all about my system and stuff like that. But he knows he wants a striker. That's why they're going to go out there. And tr- that's why they're trying to spend $150 million to get Kane because he knows they need that. And um, I don't think if they don't get Harry Kane, I don't think they can win the Premier League. Liverpool is looking really, really strong, and you know Virgil Van Dijk is back, so they're going to be right in that, and the, we're going to be right in the thick of things, along with Manchester United. And I think each team, obviously, each of the top four teams that have a realistic chance to win the Premier League, have a flaw or lack it, or, or have something that they need. Um, Man City, Gabriel Jesus is your striker, but. Clearly, Pep does not fancy him. That's why he doesn't play. He comes off the bench. And and then you got Liverpool. Obviously, Van Dijk's coming back from his injury. We saw pre, pre, pre-injury pre Van Dijk, maybe top five player in the Premier League. Maybe, you know, the best player in the Premier League. He was up there for Ballon d'Or with Messi, uh, the year that Messi won it with Ronaldo. So... Everybody knows what he can do, but we'll kind of have to see how the season progresses. And he's coming back, and Liverpool's look really strong in the first two weeks as well. And they have, they're going to be right there at the end as well. But um, we'll kind of see, because Liverpool catching that lightning in a bottle the year that they won. They just beat everybody. They won handily, right? They were winning every single game. They weren't losing any. And, you know, it's hard to replicate that. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. And... If any team is with the least number of flaws, it has to be Chelsea, right? I mean, they got the position that they were lacking the most. They ended up getting Lukaku um, and got an out-and-out striker. And all the other positions, they've got players. Angola Conter, Jorginho, they got a defense. Right wing back, Reese James. You know, left wing back, you got Marcos Alonso, Ben Chilwell, Jorginho and Conte in the midfield. You got Mason Mount, um... Kai Havertz, Lukaku, you got, you know, Christian Pulisic, Timo Werner, Hudson Adoy. You've got players all over the field. And the crazy part about this game was N'Golo Conte did not play. He came in on the 70th minute of the game. And so the the depth is unreal. And I think those there's that's gonna be the biggest thing. Man City, Liverpool. Um, I think Man City and Chelsea probably have the best depth in the two of uh, the teams that have a realistic chance. And uh, Liverpool as well, but I think they're they're kind of lacking on their depth uh, off the bench. But it's it's a wait and see and see. You know, there's still like seven eight days left in the in the transfer window, so things can happen and you know teams can improve. But just based on what it is right now, I think Chelsea should be the favorites to win it, um, barring anything crazy happening or you know Harry Kane going to Man City. Then that really changes stuff. But until then, right now, it seems like that's not going to happen. Um, until then, I, I like Chelsea to win. Uh, bias bias or not, I guess. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is, like, we talked about all these teams that have a realistic chance. Um, man, Arsenal, 
they are in deep trouble. They played their first two games, lost, lost to Brentford, who just got called up to the Premier League. Imagine, oh my God, like Arsenal has fallen off so much. Um, they lost 2-0 to Brentford, then they played Chelsea at home. Chelsea beat them 2-0, could have been 3-4, 5-0. Uh, Leno made a couple of good saves, and it's just, the future isn't great for Arsenal. They've got a couple of good players. Slaka's really good. Uh, Emile Smith-Rowe is pretty good, but... The current is terrible. They spent all this money on Ben White. They got a central defender, but they, they're they having trouble. And now they have to go play Man City on the weekend. And it could possibly be Arteta's last game. Although it's very unfair to him because they... Just, there's there's not enough talent. You can't expect the man to work magic and win with players that aren't just, just aren't good enough. Uh, like we talked about earlier, like that... That team, none of the players in the Arsenal lineup would start at, on the start uh, start in any of the place of any of the Chelsea players. So the gap is so big, and then you're probably going to end up having zero points, and most maybe there's a chance you might have zero goals by three games in. And it's also Arsenal's worst start in the history of their uh, their franchise, and it's been 118 years they've never, you know, not gotten a point after the first two games. And they might be first three games, and they might might be setting records, just terrible records, that ones that you don't want to set. Um, but we'll start covering more. As obviously, I'll try my best to start recording more and more often. And like I said, things came up, and you know that kind of delayed my ability to record. But um, I kind of want to talk about the big news that came out earlier today, and that's Kylian Mbappe. Um, Everybody knows for the longest that he's going to end up at Real Madrid, whether that's next season or this season. For the longest, everybody assumed it would be next season. He'd be free out of his contract. He'd go sign at Real Madrid. Um, But there's a chance it might speed up and be done within the next seven days. Um, It will be crazy if he leaves. Um, As a fan of the game, man, I would love to see Neymar, Mbappe, Messi for a whole year just to see the kind of records and crazy numbers that they could put up together. But if it's a chemistry thing and, you know, Mbappe just wants his own team, kind of very, very, very similar to Neymar when he left Barcelona to go to PSG to start his own career. Sounds all fun and dandy until you get there and you realize, man, it's not that easy. Yes, I'm not comparing PSG to Real Madrid. Those are two different situations, but it's the same idea and the same concept, right? And PSG declined an offer from Real Madrid. Real Madrid made an offer for 160 million euros for killing Mbappe. And he's only got one year left. The fact that Real Madrid is even putting that kind of money out there is crazy to me because I'm like, he will join you next year for free. You'll just have to pay his wages at that 160 million that you'll have. You can go sign maybe one, two, even up to three solid, really, really good players for that kind of money. Or you can get Mbappe this year or get and just do it one year earlier. Now, the trouble you run to, run to with that is if you get him now, who are you going to surround him with next year? Are you gonna, You're not going to have that kind of money. Yeah, some of the players are going to come off the books. Uh, like, you know, Luka Modric is getting old. I believe his contract expires and Gareth Bales as well. Um, so you'll, you'll have some money for sure and you're Real Madrid and that's always an attractive destination. That's the greatest European club in the history uh, of Europe. But 
it's kind of um it's kind of a weird way to walk now are they really that prideful and they're like you know real we're real madrid we won't take anything less than first place in anything and that's how we're going to get uh killing the to come this year rather than next year on free which is fair enough um there's rumors that you know the 160 million that they offered that psg rejected um there's completely two different dynamics psg's thinking like for for the keeping him or are they just bluffing and they're like oh you know if real madrid offers 180 million we're going to take it and that's kind of the the chess match that's being played right now is is psg bluffing are they really saying we're not going to sell you mbappe if that's the case then i think it really benefits real madrid next year if it's not the case and it is a bluff move and they're just trying to get more money from real madrid fair enough um i wouldn't blame them and man 180 million euros if 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 real madrid offer that can psg really turn it down like He's only got one year left on his contract. Yeah, it's Kylian Mbappe, but man, you still got Messi and Neymar. You still got a squad of players. And they're probably still going to be the favorites. Messi and Neymar, we know what they've done together. And you would probably, like, you know, instead of Mbappe, it's uh, Icardi up top. So it's not like, it's. I mean, yes, it's a big drop-off, but Icardi is still a guy who can score goals, and he's still a very good player. So it's not like you're going from Mbappe to a third stringer. Um, Icardi can still score goals. He's not Mbappe for sure, but it's a pretty, it's it's a substantial drop off, but it's not completely like falling off the cliff uh, in terms of the drop off. And it's gonna be really intriguing to see. I I mean, from everything that I was hearing from everybody, you know, that I listened to, they said that he wasn't gonna leave this year, and Mbappe was going to stay at PSG, and next year he was gonna go to Real Madrid. But Real Madrid are trying to push that forward by year it'll be really intriguing to see um me as a fan of the sport i would love to see like i said i love to see those three play together at least one year so we can see what they can do and if they stay together i mean if mbappe's head's right in the right spot and he doesn't you know he buys into the team game it'll be stupendous to watch and they'll be must see tv every single time that they are on tv uh, any game against anybody, especially in the Champions League when the big games happen um, down the road. Um, those are my thoughts for the first couple of weeks of the season. And I did want to kind of obviously cover the more important things. The idea is to start recording more often. And I keep I know I keep saying that, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Um, this time it was stuff that was out of my control. Uh, I do apologize. Um, but the plan is to record uh, more frequently and uh, keep the content coming Uh, thank you guys so much for listening i do appreciate it and on that note i'm out